This is Daniel Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. This is actually day 44 of our 365-day journey with you. My wife and I are so passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So our podcast focuses on the time-tested principles that any parent can learn and apply to build an emotionally safe home and to help their children thrive. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because they're the same fears we used to have. Things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent, or I'm not qualified, or I'm going to mess my kids up. You know, as parents, we will do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for the next 365 days, you've been invited into our experiment. We are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every day, every step of the way. So we've been talking a lot about uh, recently superheroes and, and how parents really are true blue, real live superheroes because they're willing to sacrifice anything for their kids. And that's truly at the end of the day, what makes a superhero. It's not a cape. Uh, it's not the special effects. It's not the superpowers. It's ultimately the self sacrifice that that character brings. And that really describes a parent, I think, pretty well. And we talked about how just how important that role is by looking at something that was maybe a little uncomfortable, and that's what's going on in the foster care system. And you look at all those heroes who are in that system, who are trying to help their kids out, but you see the damage of this is what happens when as parents we don't deal with our stuff. This is what happens when the wounds inside of our hearts continue unhealed and there's a price that's paid. And what I want to, what I want to look at today is a little bit more, uh, something sort of a little bit of a different angle than what we've looked at before. And I want to take a look at what is, what is really the legacy of an emotionally safe home? You know, I I try to look at life As uh, as kind of like a hundred year plan, you know. In other words, long after I'm gone, what sort of things do I want to be continuing on, even though I'm no longer even here, right? And I think at some level, all of us ask ourselves, you know, what sort of goals do we have as parents? I, honestly, I don't know. Um, it wasn't something I really gave much thought to until I really decided I was going to be intentional about things. And then once I became intentional about things, well, then I started thinking about stuff like this all the time. Like, what is my goal ultimately? And we should ask ourselves the same question. Is our goal just good grades? Uh, Being admitted to the right college, getting a good enough job to get a house with a white picket fence, 2.4 kids and a dog, and then live happily? I mean, like, what is the goal uh, for us as parents? And, and how much of what we're teaching our kids now is really going to matter in the future? Because, you know, I look around and I, and I, I talk to people and it, it often seems like we're preparing our kids for an, uh, an episode of, of Jeopardy rather than real life. 
You know, like they know a bunch of trivia, but they don't really have wisdom. You know, and some of the stuff, I mean, it, on Jeopardy, it's just, it's, it's kind of fun in a way, but it's obscure. You know, like Alex Rebecca, like, all right, well, what is X5779R4FC? And the contestants, uh, Alex, what is the serial number on the left rear bumper bracket of a 1972 Volvo? Uh, really? You know what? If you know that kind of stuff, well, I'm, I'm sad for you. I mean, the, we, we need to get away from all of the trivia and into the wisdom, into the wisdom, because we need to prepare our kids for the society they actually live in, right? <clears throat> not, not the trivia world, but the real world. You know, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5 sort of describes how people will be. And it describes them as people will be self-loving, money-loving, proud, arrogant, insulting, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, uncontrolled, brutal, hateful of good, traitorous, headstrong, swollen, with conceit, loving pleasure rather than God as they retain the outer form of religion but deny its power, right? I think that describes a lot of what we see in society, at least if we pay attention to the news for more than a few minutes. That's what's coming back at us. And the only answer to that is the wisdom that we find in God. So what do we want to teach our children? I'm going to suggest to you that ultimately the legacy of, of building an emotionally safe home is a place in which wisdom lives and takes root. <clears throat> and, and, you know, when you think about, okay, what, what do we want to ultimately teach our children? I'm going to suggest to you that what we ultimately want to teach our children is whatever we want to pass on to them. That's really a question only you know the answer to. Because God, God made us as parents to be the molders of our children's destiny. And since God created us and our children for a purpose, it's our privilege to help them discover what that purpose is. And it's interesting, you know, in Colossians chapter 2, it actually describes uh, that, that all wisdom is in Jesus. He says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Jesus, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase or some other so-called mysteries or quote-unquote the secret. Now, I just, I just want to take a moment and say, look, um, this process that you're engaging in as a parent, and I've said this before on many podcasts, I'll continue saying it until you're tired of it or you believe it. <laughs> But, but, you know, you as parents are incredibly courageous, incredibly courageous because you, you are giving over your own life for another and you're doing it day by day, little by little. 
over a long period of time. And it's an amazing thing. And so in our own lives, we are then living our lives ultimately for God in front of our kids, right? And that is the power. We don't want our kids to just look at our life and, and say, oh, wow, well, like they seem like a nice person. They seem kind of religious, but there's no real power in their life, right? Because we want to demonstrate with our own lives, you know, we value our lives so much. We value that relationship with God so much that we're, we're unwilling to sell out. We're, in other words, choosing to live a life of courage. In other words, a life without a price tag. You know, there's a, there's a story uh, that's been told about uh, a woman who was working at a, at a company and um, she was having some money problems. Things were, things were difficult. And uh, her boss happened to know that, that, that this woman and her husband were, were sort of going through some financial difficulties. And so one day he called her into his office and he said, after asking her to sit down, he, he simply laid it out. He said, um, I know that you and your husband are struggling financially. Um, I think you're a beautiful woman. And uh, I'm willing to pay you $10,000 if you would sleep with me. One night, one time, we never talk about it. I never ask you again. Just one night, $10,000. No one will ever know. So the woman thought about it. She thought about the financial difficulties that she and her husband were having. She thought about how much $10,000 would change all of that. After a long, long moment of thought, she finally agreed and said, okay. Her boss looked at her, leaned back in his chair and said, how about for $10? And of course the woman was outraged and she stood up and she, she said, $10? What sort of woman do you think that I am? Her boss said something very profound. He said, we've already determined what sort of woman you are. Now we're just negotiating the price. You know, that's, that's a story all of us, all of us should take note of. Because when we put a price on our convictions, the enemy will pay it. Whatever that price is, the enemy will pay it. You know, and all of us are in that story. All of us have things and areas in which we get pulled. And it's only being anchored in wisdom that allows us to truly see what a cheap substitute for life these alternatives are. And when that happens, these alternatives have far less appeal than when they when they aren't seen that way. <clears throat> and you know, when we become parents, we don't really know what it's going to cost us. I'm not talking about money. I mean, I mean emotionally, spiritually. We don't really know what it's going to cost to raise children. But just the fact that you're listening to this podcast, just the fact that you're even spending any time on this at all proves that you are willing to pay that price no matter what. And your commitment is exactly what produces the sort of courage that's demonstrated when you just, you just give yourself over to something. You know, 
Several years ago, a hospital volunteer befriended a little girl named Liz who was suffering from a rare and serious blood disease. Now, her only chance at recovery was to receive a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and as a result had developed the antibodies needed to combat the same illness. So the doctor explained the situation as best as he could to her little brother and then asked the boy if he would be willing to give his blood to his sister. The five-year-old hesitated for only a moment before taking a deep breath and replying, yes, I'll do it if it will save her. Now, as the transfusion progressed, he lay in bed next to his sister and smiled along with everyone else in the room and they're all watching the color returning to her cheeks and it's, it's amazing. And then her brother's face grew pale and his smile started to fade. And he looked up to the doctor and asked with a trembling voice, will I start to die right away? You see, being only five years old, the little boy had misunderstood the doctor. He thought he was gonna have to give his sister all of his blood in order to save her. But he had chosen to save her anyway. And just like that story, as parents, we are making a stand. We are choosing to be intentional. We are choosing to be engaged. We are choosing to build an emotionally safe home for our children to thrive in. And we're relying on wisdom to do it because ultimately we believe that this will make a difference in the trajectory of their lives. We're convinced, so convinced, that it will make a difference that, again, we are putting, laying our lives down each and every day, moment by moment, for our kids. You know, there's a story that's told. There was a group of dinner guests who were sitting around a table discussing life. And one of the guests, who happened to be a rather successful CEO, started pontificating on the, the problem with education. And he argued, what's a kid going to learn from someone who decided their best option in life is to become a teacher? He then reminded the other guests of the old adage regarding teaching those who can do, those who can't teach. And to prove his point, he turned to one of his fellow diners and smugly asked, you're a teacher, Susan, he said. Be honest, what do you make? Now Susan, who had reputation for, for integrity, replied softly, you want to know what I make? I make kids work harder than they ever thought they could. I make kids believe in themselves when no one else will. I make a C plus feel like a Congressional Medal of Honor or an A minus feel like a slap in the face if the student did not do his or her very best. You wanna know what I make? I make kids wonder, I make them question, I make them criticize, I make them apologize and mean it, I make them write, I make them read, I make them think analytically and critically. I make them understand that if you have a dream, follow it. And if someone ever tries to judge you by your bank account or by your profession, then ignore them because obviously they just didn't learn anything. She paused looked the CEO squarely in the eye, and then continued, you want to know what I make? I make a difference. What do you make? You know, 
I think all of us as parents could put ourselves in that story because ultimately we are our children's number one teacher. Whether you are have your kids in private school, public school, uh, charter school, online school, you know, no matter what, you ultimately are the one teaching them. Ultimately, that's you. And you do make a difference for all those reasons described in that story. You're the one making a difference. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I mean, yeah, knowledge and understanding are important. They have a place, certainly, but ultimately our children really need to grasp wisdom because they're not gonna go very far without it. And there are a lot of aspects to wisdom. Perhaps one way you could describe wisdom is that it's the understanding that things are not always as they seem. And therefore, wisdom seeks to fully understand before offering an opinion or a judgment. You know, back when ice cream sundaes cost a lot less than they do today, a 10-year-old boy entered a hotel coffee shop, sat down at a table. Waitress put a glass of water in front of him. And he asked her, how much is an ice cream sundae? 50 cents, replied the waitress. So the little boy pulled his hand out of his pocket, studied the coins in it. Well, how much is a plain dish of ice cream, he inquired. By now, more people were waiting for a table. The waitress was starting to get a little impatient. 35 cents, she said rather abruptly. Little boy again counted his coins. I'll have the plain ice cream, he said. So the waitress brought the ice cream, put the bill on the table, and walked away. The boy finished the ice cream, paid the cashier, and left. When the waitress came back, her eyes started to fill with tears as she started to wipe down the table because there, placed neatly beside the empty dish, were two nickels and five pennies. You see, he couldn't have the sundae because he wanted to make sure that he had enough left over to give her a tip. And that's part of what wisdom is. It seeks to understand before offering an opinion or a judgment. Wisdom is is also powerful because it enables us to see the positive where others oftentimes only see the negative. You know, there was a a young boy who uh, named Nick and his, his father, Ron, had, had given his seven-year-old son, Nick, a, a ball and a bat. So, so Nick obviously gets this ball and bat. He wants to play immediately. But Ron said, son, look, baseball is a serious game. You have to practice hard before you can play it. So the boy went outside, starts throwing the ball in the air, swinging at it over and over and over. And after an hour, finally he said, dad, can we play now? So Ron said, sure, show me what you can do. So Nick throws the ball in the air, takes a mighty swing and missed. Strike one, he said enthusiastically. So Nick tossed the ball again and missed again. Strike two, he yelled. Ron said, son, you need to concentrate. Remember, three strikes and you're out. So the boy threw the ball in the air again swung so hard this time he actually fell to the ground after hitting nothing but air. Ron winced, 
but his son Nick had a triumphant grin plastered on his face. Son, you, you struck out. Why are you, why are you so happy? And his son said, because I found out I'm really good at pitching, right? And see, yeah, I get it. It's sort of a silly little story, but you know, wisdom, wisdom sees the positive where others only see the negative. It's not about, you know, being unre- unrealistic, but it is about willing to see the positive. Because see, that ultimately it's, it's wisdom that we leave behind for our kids. Wisdom that we have acquired through a lifetime of mistakes, a lifetime of learning, a lifetime of experience. And so ultimately when we are talking about this idea of what is the legacy of an emotionally safe home, it's wisdom. You know, I've, I've told you guys before, I was a history teacher for 14 years. So I'm always kind of a, a history nerd and I always find a way to get history in, in whatever I'm talking about. But one of the things I used to tell my students was, if we've learned anything from history, <clears throat> it's that people don't learn anything from history. <laughs> and um, one, of, uh, one of my favorite movies is um, has Kevin Klein. and it's called The Emperor's Club. And in it, he's a history teacher. It's one of the things I really like about him. But he had in his classroom a, uh, a question that he always asked his students. And who was Shutrik Nahunte? And, and there, was a, there was actually an inscription. It said, I am Shutrik Nahunte, king of Ansham and Susa, sovereign of the land of Elam. I destroyed Sippar and took the Naram Sin and brought it back to Elam where I erected it as an offering to my God. He was the 84th king of the Elamite empire, circa 1158 BC. Wow. I mean, that sounds pretty impressive. Shutrik Nahunta, king, sovereign of the land of Elam, destroyer of Sipar. Wow. Yet his accomplishments can't be found in a history book. Why? Because even great ambition and conquest without contribution has no significance. So what will your contribution to your child be? How will your family history remember it? Because see, that's the question, is the legacy we leave behind for our kids. And ultimately that legacy is wisdom. You see, interestingly enough, Shutrup Nahunte, utterly forgotten. And unlike The great men you read about, Aristotle, Caesar, Augustus, Plato, Cicero, Socrates, these men weren't perfect, but they were giants of history because they were men of character and contribution. Our greatest contribution will be to our children. And with God's help, it is possible for us to make a difference with them so they can make a difference long after we're gone. And do not buy the lie, do not buy the lie that a small group of people will not or cannot make a difference. You know, there's a old cliche about a snowflake. You know, a snowflake is incredibly fragile, right? I mean, you, you, 
you, it's this complex thing, but you just touch it and it dissolves immediately. And it may be fragile, but if enough of them stick together, they can stop traffic. Just ask people on the East Coast. People of immense commitment, people who refuse to give up. I'm going to leave you with one more story in history. There was a chieftain by the name of Abu Tabor. And he was uh, in, the, in the desert, one of the desert communities. And uh, this great king was coming against the Mediterranean. He was sweeping everyone before him. There was no one that could stand against him. No one. And as he just swept aside king after king after king, he finally, he had heard of Abu Tabor, who was a well-known, well-respected chieftain. And so he actually sent an emissary to this man out of respect. And the emissary said, you know, my king has heard a lot about you. And uh, out of great respect, he is offering you an opportunity to spare your life. And so if you agree to surrender, he will keep you alive, chained with his dogs. Abu Tabor paused a moment and then he asked the emissary to follow him. He went into the encampment, walked up to his lieutenant. He gave his lieutenant a knife and simply requested that the lieutenant plunge the knife into his own chest. Instantly, the lieutenant obeyed and dropped dead at their feet. Then he called another of his lieutenants and he told that man, jump off. They were near in a, in a sharp embankment. He said, jump off the embankment. And immediately, the lieutenant jumped to his death. Then Abu Tabor turned to this king's emissary and he said very quietly, tell your king that I have thousands of men just like those two. And when our battle has concluded, he will be the one chained with the dogs, not I. So the emissary returned to the king, told him what Abu Tabor had said. They battled, and at the end of that battle, it was the king, in fact, who was chained with the dogs. Now, I share that story because, you know, this is, this is the kind of difference that, that a commitment makes. When, you have, when you're created an emotionally safe environment for your children to thrive, when you're really focused on the why and, the, and what legacy you want to leave behind for your children, that all of that is built through wisdom. Wisdom is ultimately the legacy that lives on in your children well after we're gone. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. You chose to listen to ours. We're so grateful for your time. Please check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources. And please click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook if you haven't done so already. Building an Emotionally Safe Home is our gift to you. Remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. Until tomorrow, have a great day.